What's up, guys? I'm Kobe. And I'm Jason. From Morgan Trail Off-Road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. On episode 215 of the Jeep Talk Show, we'll talk about the Super Bowl Jeep commercials and how a famous NFL player is selling off his $90,000 Jeep. In Wrangler Talk, I go over some of my thoughts on those who talk down to other Jeep owners. We have some great reviews to share. We'll hear from the mind of Nikki G and play your voicemails. Josh and Tammy are going to highlight some of the cool Jeep gear stuff as well. I'll talk about why it's a good idea to have a battery tender. Tony talks about a no-start issue on one of his Jeeps. Tammy talks about an upcoming wheeling trip and some current cold soft pop woes. All coming up on this week's Jeep Talk Show. Well, as promised, guys, I am here in studio with one of our rare live interviews, as it were. Uh, we are here with Oregon Trail Off-Road and a couple of the founding members. And uh, it was a long-promised interview, guys. And you guys heard these fellows on uh, Dan's podcast, the 4x4 podcast, about a year ago, almost to the date. And uh, we've got them now, and they've got a big trip planned up. And we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of who these guys are and uh, what they have planned, because this is probably one of the most epic four-wheel drive trips that I've ever heard about. And I can't wait to peel the layers back of this onion and find out who these guys are, what they're all about, and what they have planned. So without further ado, to the founding members of Oregon Trail Off-Road, I have Jason and Kobe in studio. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Doing good. Thank you guys really for uh, coming out here this morning. I, I know it's kind of early. Uh, you guys both have some uh, some more important stuff to do, so we'll go ahead and uh, try and, and not take too much of your time up today and uh, and get through all this. So um, first off, who is um, Oregon Trail Off-Road? What, what is that all about? So Oregon Trail Off-Road is currently we're a team of uh, six, seven guys, six guys, and um, we are planning to backtrack the Oregon Trail from here in Oregon City, Oregon, to Independence, Missouri, next, or actually this summer. Um, we're taking uh, about 42 to 45 days to do that. So that's kind of who the snapshot of who Oregon Trail Off-Road is. As far as team members go... There's four of you, right? So there's a lot of guys. Oh, okay. so there's there's, um, there's really just three of us that are doing the whole trip complete. Um, and then we've got a lot of supporting guys that are going to be there for part of the trip. And then they help a lot with the background stuff. So um, the main members are uh, me and Kobe are the two founding members. Um, and then we have Troy and um um wilkie, wilkie steve wilkie um steve wilkie's in australia right now but those wow yeah those four guys are basically what makes up the team that's gonna actually backtrack the whole entire trip um we've got uh, tank and jesse and then zach and they're kind of our supporting members and they'll be there for part of the trip not the whole thing so they're going to kind of bounce in and bounce out we realize that we need Four people on the trail at all times just to... For a trip like this, yeah, this isn't something you could do with just two rigs, I think. Even that, I mean, you might be able to, to pull it off, but you really want to have, and it sounds like you do have, a fairly decent support group behind yeah, you. Yeah, and actually we are doing two rigs. You're just, just two just rigs. Just two rigs. So we're, so we're, doing, we're doing, my ranger. so we're doing like four to five guys on the trail at all times. So we've got two roof tents and then a sleeping platform in the back of my Land Cruiser that'll accommodate all five guys. Wow. And then there'll be four of us for a majority of the trip, and then there'll be a maximum of five at any given time. Two of the guys, Jesse and Tank, I think, are going to come for the first like two weeks, and then they'll peel, peel off. And then um, Troy and Zach are going to fly in, meet us, and then they're going to do the remainder of the three to four weeks of the trip. 
That's amazing. It's so, a lot of logistics. That, yeah. So this has been in the planning, I would imagine, for a <laughs> long time. About two and a half years. Well, two, by the time we leave, it'll be about two and a half years we've been planning it. That's in, that's insane. So how much paperwork do you have on this? How much stuff have you written down? Yeah, Lists got, and plans yeah, we've and all got, that. Yeah, we've got hard drives full of documents and <laughs> old old punch lists and all kinds of stuff. So, so one of the things um, I want to talk about is um, how you guys got so bat-ass crazy to come up with this idea. Because this, this is insane. It's it's, it's cool as hell, and I got to give you guys a ton of props and a lot of respect for for putting in the work to get to this to this point. And uh, and it sounds like you guys have done a lot of preparation. Uh, that doesn't come without a history in off road and wheeling and stuff. So, uh, how did you get involved in this in the sport? Sure. So, I don't have a super long history of off roading, to be honest. I mean, I have a long history of being into cars and wrenching on my own stuff and modifying whatever I had at the time. Um, but it wasn't up until probably about six, seven years ago that I bought an F-150. And that was my first truck that I ever owned. And that was pretty much the end of it. Once I got a truck, it was like... You're bitten by the bug. Yeah, yeah. it's like, no, I'm like, I can't believe I drove cars, you know, yeah. for this long. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, and as a kid, I did go out wheeling with my buddies and stuff. But I never owned a truck until, you know, I was into my 20s and then bought that F-150. And then for me, and this is actually not up until recently that I realized but, but this, but it was kind of a long journey how we got here because I've always been kind of looking for an epic adventure kind okay. of a thing. Yeah. Um, and I've always been a documentary nut. And ah. I've always thought, hey, you know, it'd be cool to do a documentary, but I'm not an interesting enough person to do a documentary on. So, you know, I just watched a lot of them. You know right, I mean? right. And so over time, it just kind of developed. And some of the guys that I actually overlanded with before I knew it was overlanding. Um, we still, you know, go out and stuff, but it was one of those things where it kind of naturally progressed. We just went out camping and then, you so you've kind of been an outdoors nut for, ever, for most of your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've always been outdoors. So, you know, one thing led to another and I just realized that like, this was kind of on my path and Kobe being, I mean, one of my oldest friends, we've known each other for 22, 25 years, something like so that. So real quick, Jason, how old are you? I'm 33. And Kobe? 29. So you guys really have li literally known each other for more than half your lives. Oh yeah, way over half our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I met him when I was six. Yeah, That's insane. See, I, I've, I, I've got years. one of my best friends, <laughs> uh, I think we've known each other for about 20 years. I don't know anybody from my childhood <laughs> anymore. So you guys probably have so much dirt on each other and oh, yeah. so many stories <laughs> that there's no way we could get into any of that stuff. Yeah, we're, we're at this point, we're more like brothers than we are uh, friends. Oh, yeah. man, I imagine the campfire stories are, are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So yeah, coming from a background of outdoors, um, being an outdoor enthusiast of sorts, are you into hunting or anything like that? Yeah, we both hunt and, you know, whatever outdoors, hiking, you know, um, obviously off-roading, anything outdoors yeah. is... What, yeah. was your, what was your first off-road rig? Uh, my first off-road rig was actually that F-150. Oh, really? Yeah, so I... How did that go, having that big old... Beast, it, you know, bloated warhog on it, the trail. <laughs> there's a reason why I own the Land Cruiser now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that actually, I own two F-150s, same body style, and that last one was, like, basically two F-150s worth of upgrades. So, I always... We, when we started getting into this, it was just something that I thought was cool because I was right. like, I'm a really outdoors guy, but I'm really tech oriented too. Like I like nuts and bolts and mechanics and, you know, electronics and all that I'm kind of stuff. I'm cut from the same cloth. <laughs> and so, it was like... I mean, it just made sense to like, you know, and, you know, over time it was like, first it was just a truck. And then like, I made a sleeping thing in the back of my truck. And then I started adding winches and then lift and one thing leads to another. And you just kind of keep going from there. And then we, one of uh, our buddies, you know, called us up and he's like, you know, they have a name for this. It's called overlanding. It's and called like, an addiction. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. need help. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. it's an intervention at that point. But yeah, so I mean, that was my first off-road rig was that F-150 and it was big and cumbersome. I think 
fully loaded. When we went to the dunes one time, fully loaded was like 11,300 pounds. <laughs> and and don't get me wrong, we would rail that thing. Actually, Kobe burned wow. the transmission up on it. Well, was, yeah, you're turning around six tons and yeah, it's going to burn up pretty quick. Now, that, that's that's amazing. I see I wheel with a bunch of Jeep guys and, uh, and you know, some of the heaviest loaded Jeeps are in like the six, seven, maybe sure. 8,000 pound range if you're, you know, really geared up. Yeah, yeah. 11, 12,000 pounds. This just bananas yeah. to have on the trail. Yeah, when I rolled up on the scale and I saw that, I was like, that can't be right. There's so I lowered, rolled numbers back, there. rolled forward. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a heavy beast. <laughs> so um, F-150, and obviously you learned early and often that, okay, this, this thing's a money pit for one. For two, it's too big and cumbersome. Just doesn't quite have the capabilities or the sure. handling or the platform really to to really make it in this dream that you have, this yeah. overlanding uh, idea that you're starting to come up with. So that developed to a love of Toyotas then, or just was it, was it just well, I've happenstance? Always, you know, I mean, getting into this, Land Cruiser is kind of one of the iconic, you know, along with Jeep and, and Land Rover, the Defender, yeah. those are kind of the iconic vehicles. And when I saw the Land Cruiser, it was actually the 60 series that got me into the Land Cruiser. I just love that body style. And so, and actually there was one that was all expeditioned out by my oh, work. Wow. And so I was like, oh, that thing's pretty sweet. And so kind of just over time, it was like, I mean, I even was planning on bringing my F-150 uh, up until probably, what, a year and a half? Until you bought the Land Cruiser, yeah. Yeah, and so it was one of those things I was like, someday I'll own a Land Cruiser, but for right now, this is what we're doing. And part of the reason for a full-size truck, too, was the team was so big at the time. We had eight guys on the team. Well, it makes it was, sense to have, you know, that that large of a platform. You can have that much storage for gear and provisions and sure. everything else. It kind of makes sense. Until you get it on the trail. Exactly. <laughs> it looks good on paper, but yeah, yeah after that, uh, it goes down downhill pretty quick but so so the land cruiser how'd you how'd you find it was it a craigslist thing okay was yeah it? so basically we you know had our or we're having our first kid and we had a couple of atvs we went to the dunes all the time and i was like well these number one they weren't getting used much at all anyways number two i was having a kid so i was like well let's do something different and so what i ended up doing is i ended up trading one in on a land cruiser as a fj80 no lockers just kind of your bare bones um, land cruiser and it was something that I just kind of did spur the moment, so I didn't really put any thought to it. And after I owned it, I was like, oh man, I really like this thing, but I wish I got the one with lockers. Right. And so basically at that point, um, I ended up selling the other ATVs and then was going to actually fly to um, uh, Vegas to pick up a Land Cruiser and had a lot of work done to it and wow. stuff. And because I was looking for one that was locked and I just couldn't find anything local. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's not exactly a platform that you see see very often and certainly the guys who have it know what they have and sure. hold on to them so yeah probably yeah. not a whole lot of those in the used market yeah and so basically i was making plans to do that and in the meantime i was searching craigslist you know anywhere around my area and i found uh, the one i own now up in uh, sonomish washington oh wow and so i called the guy in vegas i'm like i'm sorry i'd love to have your cruiser but there's one a whole lot closer yeah. so i ran up there with my brother and picked it up and brought it back and at the time, it had a ARB front bumper and half of the old man emu lift. It didn't have any of the. It just had the springs and shocks. It didn't have any of the caster correction. And is that what you own now? Is, is yeah, and so that's a '93 Land Cruiser. Um, so what have you done to it over over since you've owned it? Everything. Yeah, every so, <laughs> Kobe's over here <laughs> grinning and smiling like, yeah, he's pretty much gutted that thing and rebuilt yeah, so, it. So <laughs> I mean, honestly, the only thing that's still on there that's is the front bumper. That's I mean, we went through, redid the whole suspension. Um, put I broke one of the burr fields on my front axle in the Ooh. snow, and so we put chrome always in the burr fields front. are hard to break. I mean, you have to really be abusing. You have to we be were, in a position. If you to, watch our first or actually episode two, you can see I was. I mean, we were. <laughs> I was basically 
um, plowing. It was two feet of snow. It wasn't deep. It was super deep, but it was just that crusty, can't yeah, get through it yeah. kind of snow. Uh-huh. And I had six guys on my rig and we were just bashing it over oh. and over and over. And I had chains on the front too. And at the time I wasn't really that, I mean, I, I was getting into the whole straight axle thing and, mm-hmm. you know, suspension and building it out and everything. So I didn't really realize that you know, if you're locked up in front, have chains on it, and you're turning back and forth, that's really it's hard. Really hard, yeah. And so that basically... And it was a perfect storm of, yeah. of situation, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm always of the mind that you break to build. So once I broke it, I was like, I'm not putting stock back in. So, and, and in fact, the stock burr field was about as much as the chromoly axles were. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so I ended up just two weeks stuck down in Southern Oregon around Christmas time that I wasn't expecting, but ordered the axles down there and put those in. Everything else, we've got like uh, ARB rear bumper, um, ARB tent rack, Overland Research awnings. We built a custom um, drawer set in the back. Um, we've got an ARB fridge, sliders. Um, I noticed on your website that ARB is kind of like one of your sponsors. Sure. Have, are they an official sponsor? Yeah, yeah. So our official sponsors are ARB, Warren, Warren Max Tracks, GSI Outdoors, Spartan Rope, Off-Road Independence Podcast. And if we're forgetting any, I really apologize. I want to start peeling the onion, the the layers on this onion back on Kobe a little bit. <laughs> Kobe, you've been sitting over here being nice and quiet and everything. Let's let's go ahead and pick on you for a minute. All right. So, um, why are you here? <laughs> uh, well, as he said, me and Jason have been pretty much brothers, best friends since. So when he came up with this this wackacamey idea, so here's how it started for me. I actually came up to Portland two years ago, like right now, like this month, okay. to buy a uh, 93 Ford Ranger that had like a six inch lift and 37s on it. Um, I owned one, I owned two Rangers prior to that in my younger years that I wheeled. And, uh, you know, whatever, sold them, wrecked one. And uh, so anyway, I came up and when I came up to get this, uh, Jason at this point, um, and another guy that's not on the team anymore, but they had essentially come up with this idea to do the Oregon Trail. So I come up with my oldest son and my friend Johnny. We go look at this Ranger, and then that night Jason goes, "Hey, what do you think about?" Because I was buying it to start wheeling again. Oh, okay. What do you think about doing this? And immediately I was like, "Yep, sign me up, sign me up, I'm down." <laughs> and so from that get go, uh, there was like three or four of us initially. I got this Ranger. It was three liter. Did well on the first trip. Uh, but having a small engine with big lift and big tires, I decided to swap a, a five liter in it. From oh, wow. Nice. And I've never done So like, I never really got into working on cars and stuff till probably like three years ago. So my knowledge is very limited. One of my buddies, um, he was like certified. He went to school for it all and he, okay. he's a drifter. So he, uh, he had uh, done a lot of like, uh, KA swaps into Nissan hard bodies and stuff like that. And, uh, so very mechanically like, inclined, you good, yeah. good source to, to turn yeah. to for, for information, help and advice. Yeah. And so I basically traded my, uh, garage, uh, for half the garage of his shop stuff to teach me how to do it. And we got it. It's actually still sitting, uh, in my old, uh, neighbors, <laughs> well, Troy actually on the team in his driveway, like 87% done. And then in the meantime, I bought the Ranger that I have now because I wanted a work truck, right? <laughs> so you're a real Ranger nut, then. I aren't love you? them. I'm very oh, okay. biased too. I don't know a whole lot about a lot of other vehicles. <laughs> and uh, so I bought this other one in hopes to have it as a work truck. Yeah. Uh, it's a four liter, you know, nut, pretty stock, flatbed. And, and then naturally I got this. And I'm like, this is me and Jason. It was just kind of like, this is going to be a way better platform. I think for the big trip and just in general, than having this old V8 swapped into it. Right. It's just, I love that truck. Like it's 
So that'll be kind of like, like your toy, or is I it? don't know what I'm going to do with it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I might. Yeah, there's a. It's just sitting right now. But initially, I switched all my interest over from what I my old Ranger, which I called Black Dahlia, to my new one, which I named Maximus. Um, Maximus. Like that's Maximus. my that's my cat's name. Is it? <laughs> Are you? A, uh, what's that? What's the movie with Gladiator? Uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Yep. Hell yeah. That's why. Yeah, Russell Crowe all the way. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the, he's the manliest of men. So Sick. I'm like, all right. But uh, yeah, so I got this uh, the new one, which is also 93 four liter, and I just started. I bobbed the flat the flat bed that was already there. We built the rack for it, and then my uh, my other one wasn't done in time for our ten day trip uh, through Oregon into Idaho. And on the trip, it did phenomenal. And so I was just like, "Yeah, I'm retiring Black Dahlia. I'll get to you one day." And uh, so yeah, that's kind of how so I. So your got buddy's got to be pretty cool to just have you, you know, let you store it in his driveway. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> well, I brought him onto the team, and All right. so in my mind, I'm like, right, yeah, he can, sit, he, he can sit at your house for a while. <laughs> well, and the flatbed too was awesome for because it, it ends up being. You know, the Land Cruiser carries all the camera equipment and, you know, all the food and More all that sensitive stuff. stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then it's awesome because the flatbed just super easy. It's almost all like a support vehicle. Gear, yeah, you tools, just throw everything, everything in else. there. Yeah, it just, that worked it, out really well, actually. It really yeah. did. It, was, it wasn't necessarily planned that way, but it definitely worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah, for the for the the big picture of things, to have another vehicle of that type on the or a vehicle of that type on the trail with you, it really works out. Uh, sure. Having the diversity between the two vehicles and being able to you know keep this kind of gear in this one, this kind of gear in the other one, right. and and both be almost purpose built for for that kind of exactly. for that kind of thing. Yeah, so totally. that works out really well. Yeah. So um so Kobe, that's your is that your daily driver now, the Ranger, and you wheel it? Yeah, kind of a weekend warrior. Yeah, I mean now that thing. I moved up here. Um, we usually take his just little work ranger, so it's not going to get as much just day to day. How many use. rangers do you guys have? <laughs> <laughs> He's got two, and I've got one. And in fact, actually, at one point, there was like four guy, four or five guys on the team that owned rangers, and we're like, should we just do rangers? I mean, we all own them anyway. You have a ranger club now. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then it kind of like I, I don't know. One thing led to another. Everyone kind of switched, and I for me, I'm just like I know rangers well enough to go. I've always, every time I bought a truck, I always look into like Tacomas and the old before they were Tacoma. But I just always get brought back to Ranger because, especially now with what we're doing, there's no one in the Overland world, really. That I've, there's like two other guys that have some pretty sick Rangers for overlanding. Most of them are crawlers, and they're awesome and they're sick looking. But I just kind of was like, you know what? Like, what I want to be kind of known as the Overlander dude that has a ranger not the tacomas not the fjs all the, the overlanding cruisers. videos and stuff that i've seen nobody's rolling <laughs> yeah nobody's no anything yeah. any platform even <laughs> like that really yeah. so that that is that is that is pretty cool that you're taking on a unique uh, unique challenge like that so um so it's the two vehicles and that that's the plan yeah um what further kind of outfitting are you guys planning on the on the rigs to get geared up for this trip uh mine's pretty close i mean Right now, I mean, we do runs pretty much. I mean, we have been doing them pretty yeah. much weekly to try to iron everything out. I mean, just last week we took a trip with a whole bunch of guys and, you know, one of my light switches burnt out and then my ARB fridge wasn't running at capacity. So there's just those little things. that. So I, these were like full on mock runs. I mean, we're going to fully yeah, kind load of, so, up. So basically, and this is kind of a spur off of this whole thing, yeah. but. Um, we ended up just through social networks realizing there wasn't a very good outlet for p local guys here in Portland to kind of go out and explore because there's a lot of guys exploring, but they were doing it on their own. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you see a lot of, oh, I wish I had known you guys were going out. I would have gone with you. So we ended up just 
And it was only about four weeks ago we started this Facebook page because we tried to start it on Instagram, didn't work that well. So we started a Facebook page and it was just OTO PDX Overlanders and it was just kind of a spur of the moment thing. And there was really a void for that here in the, you know, for, there's a lot of guys who go crawling or, you know, like do the, you know, circuit stuff and, and all that. But like, just to go out and explore the backcountry, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't an outlet for it. And so we started this group and that's who we went out with last weekend. And so we, yes, we definitely use those as dry runs because I mean, there's, you know, you upgrade your vehicle and you never know how it's going to perform until right. you take it out there. Got to have those it, shakedown runs. Yeah. And so, you know, in a way, I mean, we're, as Oregon Trail Off-Road, we're kind of nerdy, right? Like we ran into this, you know, organically. We didn't know what overlanding was. And so for us, it's kind of this giddy kid thing. And so, so we always totally geeking out on it. Yeah. yeah. And so we, and, and part of that is like, you know, sharing it with other people and building a, a bigger community and stuff. And so it was, you know, somewhat natural, but it, you know, that group started and that's who we went out with last week. And so we kind of use that as a way to build the community and as a way to do dry runs. That's really cool because there there's from what I've, my experience and I've, I've been wheeling for decades and sure. and here in the uh, in the portland metro area um it seems to be a disproportionate amount of guys who either crawl or are in the mud right and and that's about it yeah and there's not a lot in between the the overlanding group kind of is 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 shadowed sure. by by all this other stuff because primarily that is the terrain out here we've the right. you know like um tillamook state forest and sure. and um you know uh, Hood uh, national uh, forest and all all of that you know all these areas all are kind of geared up for more technical, slower trail riding or crawling. Sure. There's not a lot of a, a, a chance for, for overlanding. Now, thankfully, Oregon has got high plains. We've got the Oregon backcountry discovery route and obviously the Oregon Trail. Um, but that the Oregon Trail isn't synonymous with wheeling. No. And so you all. guys are kind of adding a new facet to a, a no. for the most part, an unexplored aspect of, of, uh, of off-roading here in, in, the, in the Northwest. Sure. All right, so let's get in back into uh, the trip that is planned because that that's really um, the uh, the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. I wanna I wanna f- kind of get into into the who, what, when, where, why's of this of this whole thing. So this trip that you guys have planned, forty some odd days, about forty two days. You guys quit change. your jobs to do this? I mean, no, actually, uh, I'm a general contractor by trade, and so I've got my own business. And then Kobe for the last year, about a year, has been hounding me. Hey. And I'm small beans. I don't, I mean, I kind of kept it small because I didn't want to do a lot of, I, I've done the whole big business thing and gets stressful. So I wanted to keep it small. And it was just me contracting a few, you know, jobs a month and doing that thing. And he's like, you need to get this growing. You need to do it. So finally, what about a month and a half ago? I was like, okay, let's do this. So I brought him up. And so basically what we're going to do is just, we'll schedule everything out so we can take that time off. And then we've been planning for two years. So, you know, sticking money away for, not working for a month and a half. <laughs> what kind of dollar figure goes into a trip like this? I mean, aside from, you know, two and a half years of, of planning and, and vehicle modifications, sure. put all that aside. What sort of, of, of dollar figure would somebody be looking at as far as, you know, food, fuel cost? I mean, have you guys had gone down, I mean, yeah. itemized everything to yeah. the dollar? You know, what what sort of you know price tag is, is a trip like this going to have? So um, it actually, it's pretty cool because it works out to about a dollar a mile. Really? For, um, yeah, per car. So it, it, it works out pretty well that way. And then that's just for gas. And then for food, I think it was... twelve fifty a day for per person. meals per person. Yeah, twelve fifty a day per person. So a, a trip, 40 days, we're estimating it. And on a shoestring budget, we could probably do it for about eight, eight 
thousand, eight to ten thousand. Um, we wanted a little bit more in there just in case rigs broke or we had an opportunity. You know, we want to we want to experience the trail while we're out, out there too. So I mean, if you know we want to go on a rafting trip down the Snake River or something like that, we oh, okay. wanted a little bit of discretionary funds to be able to do that. So. It's kind of one of those things we're all paying for it ourselves, so right. we're all throwing in what we can throw in and wh- whatever money we come up with. I mean, me and Kobe basically know that with what me and him are putting in, we can get the trip done. I mean, it'll be baseline, nothing fancy, just getting it done, food and fuel. But uh, with the other guys coming in and and you know coming alongside as well and throwing in. So let, let's get into that the the food fu- the food and fuel because those are probably items number one and two. Yep. You yep. know, so uh, fu- you know, food and water and, and fuel. Are you taking provisions for all 40 some odd no, days? So, I mean, uh, you know, you're never more than a few hundred miles away from civilization pretty much anywhere you go in the U.S. And so and the, the trail's much the same. I mean, we're never too far away from a gas station or food. And so that's kind of what we're trying to iron out now. We just had a 10-day trip this summer that was super beneficial because, you know, most of the stuff we do around here locally is, you know, your weekend kind of thing. And, and was you, that the Oregon to Wa- or Oregon to Idaho leg yeah, of, of this trip that yeah, you guys were talking about? Exactly. And so basically that we'd been planning it for a while, but we needed a longer trip to kind of iron stuff out. How many days was that? That was 10 days. And how many miles? Uh, I think it was about a thousand, a little over. I think it was 1,200 trail miles. And 1,300 then, trail miles. So what was it? Is it trail out and then, yeah, then slab back. back? Yeah. So we ended up hitting some mechanical issues and limped to limp the Land Cruiser home back um, early. But um, yeah, so that trip was kind of our ironing out process and it gave us, that was the biggest eye opener. I was going to say that a lot of insight had to come from yeah. that trip. I mean, not only just like gear wise, but like the emotional state of the team. I mean, there's stuff that you just don't anticipate being out on a dusty road for 10 days it's taxing on you and so well people start to get dirty and smelly and dirty and smelly and grumpy because you're (laughs) hot and you're on the trail and you know it's just one of those things where there's a lot of facets to the to the uh you know that kind of expedition life that you don't anticipate until you're out there and that was kind of what that was and so yeah there's a lot of things that go go into it that was just we didn't know. I mean, we're just a couple of guys that just decided to do this hair. Like, right, we idea. clearly need more alcohol on this trip. Yeah. If I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, well, we just got worthy brewing on board with us. They're going to be hooking us up with some yeah. cases for all our trips. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I, so yeah. let's get into that and into that sponsorship thing. How, how did the, the sponsorship of this, of this, um, uh, this expedition happen? It was something that we sought out because we realized that like, we're just a bunch of working stiffs. There's no way we're going to be able to do this on our own, paying retail for everything we need, everything that we want on our trucks. And so, um, you know, that's always been one of our focuses. And, you know, it was, we felt like it was something unique enough to where it would have a draw that way. And so we just started reaching out and, you know, my kind of motto was I didn't take no for an answer and I was just kind of relentless and, you know, and, you know, and I would follow up with them too and say, Hey, this is what we're doing, you know, and when we reached out to him, we were small beans we didn't, what kind of feedback were you getting? Uh, from- you know, you get a lot of nothing yeah. <laughs> for a long time yeah. until like, you know, you get that one and it seems like once you get kind of one person on board, whether it's they're throwing in t-shirts or what, it kind of gains some traction with the other guys, you know what I mean? And so you kind of build on that and you, you go from there. So it's, you know, how, how much of the of the uh, has the sponsorship helped the the planning process and the and the overall scope of the trip? Uh, 
I don't know that it's helped a lot in the planning, but as far as the financial burden of it, it's helped immensely. I yeah. mean, there's, I mean, my Land Cruiser, the way it sits, I would never be able to afford that if it wasn't for, you know, our sponsors and stuff. And then, you know, there is a little bit of, you know, support you get just from reaching out to these guys and talking to them. And, you know, they've, they've been in this industry for a long time. So there is a little bit of, of help in the planning aspect of it. But, you know, most of the planning, I just draw from my general contracting experience and, you know, my job is pretty much to organize stuff. And so right. project management, yeah, and, that project sort of thing. and essentially that's what this is, is a very large project that you're going to have to manage very uh, many aspects of. Absolutely. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is it's actually planning the Oregon trail off road trip has made me a better general contractor because when you're working with people on volunteer basis, you can't tell them what to do. And right. so it's actually made me a better, a better boss just because it's like, you, you kind of have to learn to work with people a lot better. It's you know? true. It's true. So, so working with people, that's, that's actually a good, a good point because uh, there's a couple of people that were, uh, I've told a lot of people about this interview and there's, there's a lot of people that actually have interest in, in this trip that you guys have planned and, and the outcome of it and everything else. And so there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in the, in the body of this, of this, uh, this interview. And one of the questions that I, that I, um, that kept coming up is, uh, how are you guys going to, going to tackle some of the, the more tragic things that could happen on the trail? catastrophic vehicle failure, um, a, a nasty injury, um, something like that. Yeah. Do you guys have these contingency plans for, for that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I mean, the, uh, you know, catastrophic kind of thing, that's always something we've talked about from the beginning. And it's one of those things where is, if it's repairable, we're going to do it. I mean, we've got 42, 45 days. I mean, that sounds like a longer period of time than it, than it is when you're actually out there. I mean, it took us seven days just to get through Oregon. Um, and I mean, it'll take us a lot less time now since we've done it, but there's, um, there's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of closed roads. There's a lot of private property. There's a lot of, you know, what the Oregon trail used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm getting off subject now, but anyways, for the catastrophic stuff, we have a little bit of money set aside. That was kind of part of that like budget. I mean, we'd like to have about 15,000 in there. That way, if something does happen, Kobe's is going to be a lot easier to fix than mine. You know, if an engine or a tranny goes on mine, the Land Cruiser stuff is a lot harder to source than a Ranger. And we've talked about that a lot too. So, so let me ask about spare parts. I imagine, you know, Kobe's rig, you're going to be, you're going to be set up with a lot of tools. I imagine spare yeah. parts in addition to all the camping gear and, and, and everything else. Is, is spare parts and, and trail repairs one thing that you guys spent a, a good deal of focus on? Yeah, so as we've both kind of been, I mean, he's ahead of me in the game. Um, but like like you said, you break it to build it with better stuff. Um, essentially, parts that are good, like when we replace it, whether it's rotors or brake pads or whether it's uh, fuel lines, we plan on having like as we continue to build before our trip, saving the used spare parts and just tucking them in a bin. And that way it's like, oh, if a brake line gets you know, caught on a branch or a rock or something and kinks and bends. Okay. Well, we got brake lines. We can, so we're trying to plan as best we can for having as much of the logical possible right, smaller the breakdowns. That, right. The stuff, you know, is, you yeah, know, there's a good sure. chance that we may run into this kind of affiliate. Yeah, there's exactly. a good chance we may run into this, you know, this thing breaking. So we're going to have at least one spare of this, one spare of that, that sure. sort of thing. Yeah. And the networking is huge too. Trying to trying to build a bridge of networking, you know, and having people in the areas that we're going to be in. Well, that you we guys know. are going, you know, two thirds across the United <laughs> yeah. States. I, mean, I would yeah. imagine that there would have had to have been 
a lot of planning. It's like, okay, well, you know, when we get to this point, we're going to do this. You know, uh, there's got to be a lot of stuff along the trail that you guys have planned as far as, okay, day one, we're going to try and make it here. Day two, we're going to try and make it here. You have all these like stop points or, or goals along the way. Is, sure. is, that, is that? Yeah, you do. You have goals along the way. Unfortunately, you never meet them. <laughs> I mean, really, that's it's what kind we of like. Two steps forward, one step back. Is right? that how you set up the, the Oregon to Idaho leg? Yeah. So basically what I did, I mean, this backtracking a little bit, but when, when we started this, there is no Oregon Trail established route that you can drive except for on pavement. Because a lot of the Oregon Trail now is pavement. 84, you know, it's natural progression of things. Path of least resistance turns into roads. And so a lot of it's traveled over. But there's, I'm reading a book right now and there's, there's, this guy actually did it on a wagon just recently. Um, I had no idea even, but he said there's still about two. We're talking horse drawn wagon, horse drawn, actually donkey drawn wagon. Yep. And he, um, I'm like in the very beginning, my brother got it for me for Christmas. So I'm just starting to read it, but yeah. it's a recent book. And he's saying that there's still 2000 miles of trail and that's almost all of it. I don't know. Cause we haven't been out there a lot, but when I started planning this, we realized like, there is an established auto route where you can drive the roads and hop off and mm -hmm. go see all the, you know, historic things. Right. But we were off-roaders, and so we wanted to do it that way. So I basically sat down with a Google Maps-based map creating program, and I, honestly, it's like walking it. Because, I mean, you, I'm basically trying to pick, wow. pick trails, national forestry roads, logging roads, that kind of thing, that stick as closely as possible to the route while staying off-road. So Oregon, Idaho, Wyoming, Nebraska... Kansas and maybe just a sliver of Missouri. Yeah, so Independence, Missouri is right on the uh, Kansas City Independence. That's like on the border of mm -hmm. uh, of Kansas and Missouri. So that's where we're ending. So we're looking at you know half a dozen states maybe uh, that you're going to be traversing. We're uh, estimating about three thousand plus miles tra trail miles there there, yeah. and then we're we're just going to drive all back. back. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be about eighteen hundred miles back. So, um, how, how many friends along the way have you have you made? Have you established? Uh, I, I did hear in in Dan's interview with you guys um, talking about like trail scouting and things like that. Have you yeah. guys gotten any any feeler? You know, people out there that have given you feedback and be like, "Hey, when you get here, yeah. you need to watch out for this type of stuff." We got a guy named Kenny Olson. I forget where he's at. Kansas. Yeah, he's in right? Kansas, and he has a group called Kanza. Yeah, Kanza over and he's gonna. I don't know if he's done it yet, but he's actually going to be running sometime in the next few months. I think the Kansas part of the Oregon Trail, okay. and they were actually cool. Enough. He, he's another Facebook group, and it's just yeah. a yeah. group out there in, in Kansas. And like-minded individuals, exactly. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey, you know, I've been following you," and we knew who he was because we'd seen him follow us. And he's like, "Hey, I've been following you guys for a while. Would you guys? You guys said you need help." He's like, "I'd be interested in creating the route out here because I mean, I established wow. a route all the way through, but it's real loose, and it's like, I mean, when you get out there, you don't know what's there. Yeah. And so to have somebody in the state to do that kind of thing, I mean, that's key. She so said there was like some private land and stuff like that. Have you talked with land? Landowners have gotten access to, to areas that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to, or no? Um, so, the original plan for Oregon Trail Off Road was to establish an overland route from Oregon to, to um, Independence, Missouri. What we realized is that after this last trip, it what it's going to take years and years and years yeah. just because it's such a long route. I mean, you've heard of the Trans American Trail, all those right. kind of like. It's not something that happens running at once. And that's what we realized this last time is it's, we kind of took that off our plate, which alleviated a lot of stress because you're trying to find trail miles and you really want to stick to the trail as much as possible. However, that's really hard on the people and the rigs and the team and everything. And so what we really realized after hitting countless, you know, lock gates, private property, 
that we really couldn't establish a route, at least not right now, because there wasn't, we didn't have enough information. And so, you know, unfortunately, we would like to have a lot more time to run most of the trail, but we just don't. And so a lot of it, when you're out there, you're, it's on the fly. And so you're, you know, we've got, um, we use our iPad with motion X GPS, and then we have, you know, just hard maps that we look and we cross reference and go I'm back. glad you brought that up. Cause that was one of the questions, um, that, that popped up regularly was what sort of technology are you guys planning on bringing with you? Because I imagine a lot of this is going to be, yeah, you know, the stuff that the maps that you've created, um, Google maps, uh, GPS and that stuff. But I imagine there's going to be a lot that's really not on the maps. Yeah, you end up cross-referencing a lot. The, I mean, we, like I said, it's the best. I've used Motion X GPS since riding ATVs and hunting and stuff. It's just one of those platforms that... Now, I, is, that is that an is that an app, app for a yeah, phone? Yeah, it's an app on... It's a Apple-only app. Okay. Um, and it's, um, it's great because you can download Topo maps, USGS okay. maps into it. And um, and as long as you have the map downloaded for the area you're in, I very rarely lose service on that. And so oh, it okay. actually ends up being pretty reliable. However, you do cross-reference a lot. You know, you're in an area and you have a, you have like, you know, where you are on that map, but you cross-reference to kind of see where you need to go. Hey, I hit a lock gate. We need to find our way around. And so there's a lot of like the lot of rerouting. So, so each of you are going to be driving your own vehicles. Who's who are you going to have in your vehicles as far as support team goes? You're so going to, each going to have a navigator, or I typically don't drive. I oh really? Yeah, okay, I, I'm more of a navigator. I, I, I plotted the whole route and everything. So I I mean don't get me wrong. If we get into a crazy situation, I love to drive because that's a fun part of it. But um, for the most part, I sit in the passenger seat and navigate just because. You know, me and Troy are basically the guys who navigate, yeah. and Troy's usually we're usually in the opposite cars, so oh, okay. we can help navigate. But let's talk communications. Uh, what do you guys have for inner in, in, inner vehicle communications? So that's what we're actually kind of working on right now. I just for Christmas got a quad band radio, and I'm working on um, getting ham license and everything. We want to. Um, we realized with CB, we had CB and handheld radios, and we needed something that travel a longer distance because one of the big things on the trail is me and Kobe are the same way. We don't like to have the windows up and the, the Land Cruiser doesn't run well in the hot weather with AC on. So we're, you know, we're windows down and there's a lot of dust. And so if you can split up, you know, by a mile, you're cutting down on that a right. lot. It makes it a lot more enjoyable. And what we're realizing is with the communications we had and some of the terrain you get into, you get a mile ahead, you can't hear anything. Yeah. Anymore. You no, no longer have line of yeah. sight. Yeah. Right. And so basically we're um, tank who's kind of our, team medic mechanic communications he's he's you know his military background and is uh is actually a mechanic by trade he kind of is our uh consultant on that stuff and so he's like quad bands the way to go um the quad band radios actually have a and i'm going to say it wrong but it's kind of a like a transponder i guess so it'll actually take the two-way uh radio um signals and boost it and kick it back out so it'll actually increase the the range of your two-way so we want every person on the trail to actually have their own personal two-way and then the um, two vehicles will hopefully have uh, quad band radios in them very good yeah that was one of the questions that, that kept popping up was was okay you know if you guys get spaced out if there's an emergency how are you going to contact for help because you may be out of cell range you may be so far out that you know cb isn't going to reach where you're going to where sure. you're going to go so that was uh, one of the questions that kept popping up in the circles was um you know how are these guys going to communicate if something were to happen and they don't have cell service they're too far away from you know cb range uh, you know hitting anybody 
how are they going to call for help? Right. You know, so I'm a ham, a ham radio operator. Um, gotcha. Actually recent. I've only been uh, licensed for about six, six or eight months or so. Nice. Um, and, and so that was one of the things that I personally was curious about was how you guys were going to have your communications. Because one of the things, also one of the things I was going to ask you guys was, um, was there going to be a plan for regular updates? I know you guys have the website and everything, Oregon Trail. Is it Oregon Trail Off-Road? Yeah, yeah. OregonTrailOffRoad.com. Um, and are you guys going to be doing like blog updates along the way? How are you going to be sort of um, you know putting out the information to the people who are interested in, in all this and who are following you sure. and everything? What you guys are going to be doing along the way? So I found out uh, on our 10-day trip that there's definitely a lot of areas where you don't have service. Oh, yeah. And we're going to try and make it to where at least once a week we come into town to refuel our uh, gas tanks and our spare right. cans and our food and all that. But surprisingly, you get to random areas where it's like lunchtime and you pull up in your phone and you got service. So a lot of what we're doing to like... Uh, what we found on this last trip is we're able to post on Instagram, which we link to our Facebook. As far as blogging, I don't know if we've ever That was really something that we kind of wanted to do, but nobody's but. a real like avid writer, and so it didn't happen that way. Another thing that we're trying to pursue is just this kind of thing. You know, being able to jump off, you know, like Kobe said, we'll be in town, so we'll have, you know, internet and to kind of like hop off and do like little podcasts along the way. You know, a 10, 15 minute update about, hey, Here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing, that kind of thing. Because, I mean, what we're doing is our way of drawing people into the thing that we love. You know what I mean? And so sharing what we're doing is a huge, huge part of, of Have you gotten a lot so. of interest on Facebook through this? Yeah, social network. I mean, the social yeah. network thing has been awesome. yeah, invaluable for us. Oh, I, I mean, bet. We've, we've, I mean, has there been an outcry of support? Has there been people that have come forward and be like, hey, I'm you know, super stoked that you guys are doing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, can I help? Can I, can I provide this? Is there, yeah. you know, have you guys gotten that kind yeah, of feedback? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Kenny from, um, from Kansas, um, there is uh, Mel. She's a girl that has, she's a Jeep, Jeep enthusiast, and she's in Idaho, and she's ran some trail for us. And then, I mean, overwhelmingly, you know, on our videos, on our, you know, everybody's like, hey, it's inspiring what you're doing. And that's what keeps us going is because that was kind of our goal is like we found this thing that we loved and we wanted to share it with other people. And when you hear those kind of comments, that's kind of the fuel that keeps you going. You know, it's funny how a lot of this stuff um, has started from that. I know Dan's four by four podcast, the XJ talk show, the Jeep talk show, you know, all this has started from a love of something, a love of what we do and a pride for it and wanting to share it with other people, wanting to get other people involved with it. You do it for a little bit, a little bit of time and all of a sudden other people, other like-minded individuals yeah, yeah. start coming out of the woodwork, you know, hey, me too, or, oh, I also like that, or here, let me help you. And so that's that's a lot of how a lot of this stuff is. I mean, the Jeep Talk Show is, sure. has expanded over the years because of that same exact concept. And and so when is, when is the, re- uh, the launch date? When are you guys planning on leaving? So the trip dates July 16th through August 20, like 8th. 5th, 8th. Yeah. yeah so, right, so second week of July is, so you guys definitely it's, it's, it's around the horn. It's starting yeah. to come up. You know, yeah. you guys got, there's, you're starting <laughs> probably get a little bit of butterflies as, yeah. as you know, things, totally. uh, uh, you know, start getting closer and stuff. Um, I would imagine that as you get closer, the amount of support that's going to start coming to you is, is going to increase almost exponentially. Yeah, and we've noticed that already. I mean, the the, the longer you're out there and the more exposure you get, the, the more feedback and, and uh, you know, like you said, the help you get and the people that are, you know, just chiming in on what you're doing. It's, it's incredible. I mean, like you said, I mean, sure, when, before we leave, it's going to get even, even more, which is awesome. But yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to start. I mean, we talk about it all the time where... We started from a bunch of dudes meeting in my dad's shop to like you know what it is now and it's 
it's kind of crazy. Now off the air, we had uh, we talked about you kind of being a documentary nut, yeah. And and so I imagine that uh, and and on your guys's website, the kind of the bio video that you guys have on your website um, uh, shows. I think is it you, Kobe, hanging off the side of the vehicle, filming yeah. through going through some water or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> that that is the coolest thing ever, right there. Everyone you know? kind of always tries to harness because. Uh, I'm very wild and I very I don't really like have a fear of getting hurt even though like I understand it a little more now getting married and having kids you know it's oh like, yeah oh, I shouldn't do this but this instinct <laughs> that happens of, more like, as you get older trust monster me. <laughs> always is like I don't care like I mean if I I'm not gonna go like do maybe some of the stuff I did but I just for me like even in that shot you'll notice I actually have a camera I'm yeah. actually filming yeah uh, so I very much am like I'll climb to the highest rock that I can just to get a sick shot and because I want to do it. And I don't care yeah. that it's snowy and icy. Dude, I'm like. the exact same way. I'm ex- hey, for the benefit of the shot, this is yeah. going to look super right? cool. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a little insider, uh, insider tip. If you watch the videos, when... Um, there's a shot where I'm going through. It's a Land Cruiser shot mm-hmm. from the behind. And Land Cruiser Co- and the Ranger. Because oh, Troy drove it? the Ranger across the jungle. And Kobe River, is, yeah. no joke, he's laying down in the water. All you, And you wouldn't know what it was. You could tell it's something weird, but you wouldn't know what it was unless you knew. But his all that's sticking out is his head. And he has his camera right here. And he got like a... I mean, he's laying... I want to get a shot of the waves coming right towards me. It's an epic shot. But to stay out of the shots that Jesse was filming on each side of the river. You had to be laying in the water. So I just got face down and I just had my nose up and I took a breath. You're like a Navy SEAL of filming (laughs) over here. Just got to go for a handicam just like this and you just see the waves. So if you watch the video, you can pick out his little head in the the water. That is obvious. I'm going to be looking for that now. That is great. That is great. I imagine that uh, several GoPros are going to be along with you guys, a couple of handy cams. I imagine there's going to be a lot of filming and, and oh, stuff yeah. like that's yeah. going on because you, being a documentary nut, I imagine that you're going to want to document yeah. as much of this trip as possible. And it is crazy. Like We film everything. A- adding adding video to it adds a whole different dynamic to, to the whole like off-roading thing because it slows everything down. Uh, I end up feeling like a director sometimes, I guess, just because you're like, you know, and Kobe too. Kobe's actually probably better at it than me. When I get tired, I'm like, man, let's just pass this shot up. And he's more the one that pushes it. But it's, it really does add a whole different That's probably going to happen more and more. You know, you're four or five weeks into, into the trip and it's be like, you know, I I am dusty. I'm dirty. I am tired. I I really don't want to bother with getting out of the rig right now, grabbing the camera, setting up the shot. Sure. You know, is there... How is there going to be, um, have you guys talked about like kind of self-accountability and stuff like that? We've actually been, we're in, and this is something we're going to iron out a little bit more before we get to the trip, but we're trying to iron out our processes as far as video going. Because you don't have to, I mean, if you roll video cameras all the time, you're going to end up spending your life going through video footage. So what we really realized is like you really need that B-roll footage, you know, from morning, afternoon, night. And then that's pretty much all you need as far as like just, you know, your roll by footage and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what we're kind of trying to do is get a system down to where we kind of at 11 o'clock, we get our shots for, you know, the, the morning or, you know, whatever, and get, get the shots, you know, you need for the day and get them out of the way. That way you can get back to the trail and then the stuff that happens on the way. So you were saying GoPros, we've got, you know, a whole plethora bag full of, of action cams and then. You know, we have a couple of handy cams that we just kind of use handily in the truck if cu- something happens. And then our main cameras are, you know, digital DSLR cameras, a couple of Canons that we use to shoot the interviews and that kind of thing. So you get a little more artistic that way. But it's a, I, it's definitely something none of us knew. I mean, are you going to be doing like a like video diaries or anything? You know, it's uh, setting up the camp, you know, for for that night and and kind of set up the camera and just be yeah. like, okay. 
today we did, you know, and yeah. kind of go through sort of what happened along the trail for that day or, exactly, or what have yeah. you. Is there going to be any of that happening? Yeah, exactly. And that's how we typically end our videos every day is kind of a recap. And I'll take some of that interview and throw it in when we're actually doing the trip. That way you can have some, you know, real life accounting while it's going on kind of thing. But yeah, we definitely at the end of every night. We all Somebody sets up the camera talk, and yeah. just like MTV, you know, right, whatever, right. you sit there and you have your little confessional and, you know, you try to be as honest as you can because, I mean, I, th I feel like the reality of it is we're a couple of normal guys. I mean, there's nothing special about us, but I mean, we're doing something crazy. And so, I mean, people you are doing something that, to my knowledge, nobody else has since the days of Lewis and Clark. Sure. And that was part of the draw to it, too, is when the idea started. Um, actually, Steve Wilkie, one of the guys that's still on the team, he was one of the first guys. And I was like, let's go to Moab, you know, and. And then we were talking about doing a documentary on it, and then I realized, well, that's not really documentary Everyone material. Up, yeah. Everybody's done it. You know, there's nothing special about it. And, you know, like I said on Dan's podcast, I was sitting in my living room watching a uh, Klondike Gold Rush uh, documentary, and they were taking wagons up the, you know, up the trail to get to wherever they were going. And I was like, man, I remember we learning about the Oregon Trail when I was a kid, and I was like... Bing. Bing. I was like, the Oregon Trail. And then you kind of like, you have those moments where you're like, is this a dumb idea or right. is this a good idea? And so you kind of call your, hey, I don't know if this is stupid or not, but like <laughs> nobody's done this. And you start doing more research. And sure enough, like, you know, there's people that have, um, Ezra Meeker, he's way long time ago, but he was one of the founding fathers who tried to bring attention back to the trail. I mean, he's been dead for probably 60 years or so, but he... I think three or four times in his life um, actually redid the Oregon Trail just like that other guy with the oxen and, and car. And actually the first time he did it, he was 68 or 70 wow. years old. So he was an old dude when he started it. And he brought a lot. I mean, he put a lot of the trail markers you see and stuff. That was him. And so, you know, there's guys out there. And, you know, and after you figure out, hey, really nobody's done it. And especially off-road in the way that we want to do it. I was like, yeah. Is kind of so with the the people out there. There's there are a lot of expedition people out. I mean, there's there's um, there's magazines, there's blogs, there's forums, there's documentaries and stuff about about this sort of stuff. Have you had people um, come out and be like, "Hey, I want to join you for this leg of this journey." You know, while you're in my state, can I tag along? Yeah. Uh, have you guys gotten any of Kenny that? Kenny Olson, that guy again that's running it, like he's looking, we're looking forward to having him probably for right. three yeah. to any, five any days. Others, at least. You know, on this side or in the Yeah, Idaho, there's a few. There's actually a, quite a few along the way. Um, the logistics of it ends up being kind of difficult, though, because you don't know exactly when you're going to be in that area. And so, you know, I mean, we basically have an end date, but we don't know. I mean, we've got a three day window that we know we're probably going to try to hit. But aside from that, it's the logistics of it gets really difficult because it takes one breakdown to set you back two days. You know what That's I mean? True, yeah. and so there's those situations where it's like, well, we'll probably what we'll end up doing is just kind of keeping in communication with these guys that want to because we do we want guys to come out with Heck, us. Yeah. I mean, it's no, absolutely. I mean, it's one thing to be for the whole expedition, but the different legs of it. I mean, we don't want to be out there by ourselves the whole time, and we'd love to have the company and have other people that are you know interested to tag along with us. You know, yeah. if it works out, so you know that's something that we. Yeah, that we're looking forward to is meeting some of these guys that we've been talking to forever, you know? Well, one thing, uh, I, I usually take uh, some vacation around that time. I may try and, and uh, bug you guys to, to tag along, maybe yeah. for part of the Oregon side of things. Yeah. I won't be able to dedicate the kind of time to tag along for a lot of the trip, but I would love to be a part of this for at least a you know, section of that first leg. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the first two days are sweet. Like, my favorite part was day two because of the John Day River. Oh, and yeah. And you kind of so get in the high beautiful. desert, which I'm, I'd, I'd way rather be in trees and mountains. I always kind of complain about that on the trail. I'm like, I miss the mountains, Gandalf. 
mountains. <laughs> you know? But the John Day, like, it, really all of it's sick. Like, there's, yeah, there's fun so aspects of the trail everywhere. And it seems like every two days, you get, like, a gnarly chunk of trail that's kind of like, you know, more than just, like, the back roads and the bumps. It's like, okay, we actually kind of do got to do some crawling right now. Right. And, you actually have to get a spotter yeah, out there. It's right? awesome. Yeah, it's oh, awesome. Yeah, especially, like, you know, July. Uh, July, August. It's going to be hot. Trail's going to be dusty. You're going to come around the bend, and there's going to be a creek or, or a river there. Pause, yeah. you know, and where everybody's jumping in the river, that that sort of thing. There, yeah, I'm, totally. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that stuff that's going to happen along the ways. Uh, you know, stuff, beautiful stuff that nobody ever gets to see. Yeah, uh, cool things you guys don't ever, you know, this cool little swimming hole that right. you know nobody's laid eyes on in a hundred <laughs> yeah. years. You yeah, know, yeah, that totally. that sort of stuff. You guys are going to get a chance to experience all that kind of thing, and and it's going to be amazing. And of course, you want to share that along sure. the way oh, with yeah. as many people as you can. Yeah, and we're planning on we're we're kind of ironing out the details, but we'd like to have like kind of ascending off where you know we meet kind of have a barbecue everybody that's interested can kind of come and say hi and everything and then we'd like to roll into kind of a group camp spot and then because we'd like to have our families kind of send us off and so we're kind of you know have a group camp spot we camp for the night and then saturday basically that'd be friday and then saturday the team and then whoever wanted to tag along we probably have a section if there ends up being a lot of people we'll probably have a section where you let's let's talk about let's talk about that launch date let's let's talk about more about what day one is going to look like the night before and everything like that uh i imagine that several days before july 14th you guys said 16th 16th before july 16th several days ahead of that there's going to be nothing but 24-hour preparation Yeah. yeah totally and then you know leading up to that i mean we definitely want to go through all the vehicles and tighten down everything make sure everything's you know one thing that we didn't do on our last trip and this is just lack of experience on our part is you know spend time not only beforehand but on the trail really going through your vehicles i mean because it only takes for instance the worst one that happened this last trip um we went out and you're on a lot of trail and it's shaking and bumping and all day long stuff's going to shake loose and you know we went probably two or three days without you know i mean we looking at stuff without going over the vehicle yeah you you know you kind of look over it okay everything looks fine nothing's falling off okay we're good exactly but you know (laughs) after that i mean it was like the third day i think and and i look at my tire and there's grease streaks down my tire and i was like uh that's not supposed to be there yeah so i start inspecting it and at the bottom of my hub assembly where the um, steering linkage hooks into the i don't know the wing arm thing Mm -hmm. that moves it back and forth there's four studs that come out and two of them had just dropped out so i imagine just with the rattling and shaking those just back themselves out and fall out so the two were still in there we tightened it down it was okay we limped it back to town Um, we were in Baker Baker City City. and of course they don't have you know Land Cruiser parts in Baker City so I basically got two grade 8 bolts that fit in there tightened it up and then we called ahead to Boise Idaho and said you know these are the parts we needed so they ordered the parts in we got to the parking lot to pick them up and I looked at Kobe and I was like hey you think we should put these in here or do it on the trail? It'll be really easy. It'll make for better video if we do it on the trail. And Kobe's like, yeah, let's do it on the trail. Famous last word. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> so, you know, we hop back on the trail and we go probably about 12, 15 miles down the trail into Idaho. And we hit probably the gnarliest trail that we've hit so far. It was so epic. Far. Um, it was so there's sick. A pic- there was even a sign, yeah. I'll there's show you a picture a little bit later. Yeah, there's a and picture it- somewhere on our Instagram. And it's... Kobe's truck, the side of Kobe's truck, the sign that says vehicles not recommended, highly eroded, blah, 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 blah. And then Jason's Land Cruiser it's halfway like, up this yeah, gnarly hill. Oh, that is awesome. And you can't tell how gnarly it is until you're on it. But well, that's yeah. the problem with pictures and video. Yeah. Yeah. It never does it, never it justice. Does it justice yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I get to the top of this hill, and Kobe makes it 98% of the way up and just stops, couldn't get quite over the crest. And so I was like, okay, cool, I'll turn around and come back. 
So when I turned around and came back, I was like, no, that feels weird when I was turning my wheel. And so we kind of come down this hill and I turn again and I was like, yeah, that doesn't feel right at all. So I kind of pulled down. It wasn't very far, like 50 yards or so to where I needed to be for him. So I pulled down and I walk around my car and my passenger side tire is sitting in at probably a 30 degree angle into my wheel well. And so... I'm looking at it, and of course, when it's your rig, you kind of have that moment where you start panicking. Yeah. And especially when you're on a hill that nobody's coming to get you. And so <clears throat> the bad part is we're parked down the hill, and the way we had to jack it up is we had to jack up the high side. So you're jacking it up like it's going to roll down the hill. Oh, my God. And uh, so we jack it up, and we realized that um, the other two studs had fallen out, and the, the grade 8 bolts that we had in there had sheared off. No way. Yeah, and so basically at that point, I look at Kobe, and I was like... This is day 8, by the way. We just made it into Idaho. This was the first, like, 11 miles of Idaho yeah. actual terrain. Yeah, so I look at Kobe, and I'm like, <laughs> what are we going to do? And Troy was sitting there, and, you know, Troy's a good guy to have on the team because... He doesn't listen to much what's going on. I mean, he's got a military background too, and he doesn't panic much. He just kind of goes there and just starts doing stuff. So, of course, we lost the, and I will never have, like, you know, those keyed lug nuts mm-hmm. with the key again, just because we lost the key. <gasps> oh, and then you're up no. there and we're like, okay. What are we going to do? <laughs> we can't get the tire off now because we don't have the key. And what are we going to do? And so Troy, like I said, he's just real patient, and he started pulling out sockets and Sure enough, we had this one socket in there. It was a 17 socket that worked on that. I mean, it just barely caught just enough, barely to, get enough the, to yeah. get the lug nuts off. We got the lug nuts off. We had the parts that we bought from, you know, the dealership. So we put the, you know, where the w- bolts weren't sheared off, we put the two studs in there, limped it back to town. However, what we didn't realize is one of the trunnion bearings had fallen out. Oh and so we got on the road and I was like, yeah, it's still, it's weird. It's not driving right. And the tire was kind of angled in a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, well, let's just, we're in Idaho. And so that's when we started calling up everybody. We need a, we need a garage or a driveway or something. We were staying at a KOA campground and they were going to let us break down. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. In a KOA campground. So we ended up finding our good friend, Chris. And he was like, yeah, come on over. Use our, you know, I haven't talked to him in years and years. He's like, come on over, use my driveway. So we broke it all down and realized, yeah. I didn't realize the trunnion bearing was missing. And then I'm like, I've put this together enough times that I'm almost positive there's supposed to be a bearing here. something here, yeah. (laughs) So the crazy thing is, is we're Saturday in Boise, Idaho, looking for a trunnion bearing for a Toyota Land, 93 Toyota Land Cruiser. Like, you're looking for a needle in a haystack. Yeah, really. And speaking of support, there was a guy there that was part of uh, um, the Toyota Land Cruiser, the National Club or whatever. And we, we just through talking to Toyota there, gave us his number. He called us and he was like 200 miles away. He's like, I got him. He's like, if you need them, but I'm, you know, I was like, we're in Ida or Boise. And he's like, yeah, I'm two and a half, two, two and a half hours away from you. So I'm like, well, if worse comes to worse, so I'm calling around, calling around, can't find anything. And my buddy's like, go check the junkyards. There's two land cruisers in all of Idaho (laughs) at a junkyard. And the thing with Toyota land cruisers is a straight axle. So the front axles are 90% of them are gone. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's go check it out. So we walk in. Of course, the of course the the axle's gone. I'm like, well, the axle's gone. And he's like, well, it's Troy's like, well, let's check it out anyway. So we walk up there, laying on the dirt, two trunnion bearings no sitting right way. in the dirt. <laughs> so I was like, you got to be kidding me. So we, you know, one was still good. The other one was a little chunked up a little bit. So we yeah. stuck it in, got it going, and looked at Kobe. I was like, we got 
you know, what at that point it was day nine. Saturday or, was day nine. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, we got one more day to be out here. Do we run some more trail or we go back? And at that point, we we're all like, so tired just from. I <laughs> bet. Yeah, we're I like, bet. no, let's go. Let's because yeah, trail repairs, even it, it takes half the day. I mean, it takes it out of you. Yeah. And and especially when you're you're running on adrenaline, you got that panic. You're in a precarious position having to do a trail sure. repair that is really sketchy it sounded like <laughs> yeah, it was you know and you fact, don't have everything to to do it with you know the right way or as fast or as expediently as possible yeah. and so you're running and you're having to use all this brain power yeah. trying to troubleshoot and figure something out yeah by the end of the day you're freaking drained <laughs> yeah totally so, so yeah i imagine that that was a huge learning experience and and yeah. something that you guys are going to be taking along with you uh, you know, for this trip, thinking about that the entire time, you know, it's like, well, we run into this kind of situation. We have that to draw on, sure. you know, for, for when we run into the worst scenario. Yeah. And you look at the situation and it's like little mistakes that make big problems. You know what I mean? The little mistake of us not putting those studs in, in the parking lot, losing the key to your lug nut, losing or, the key to your lug nut. You know, it's those small things that, I mean, hold you back. Yeah. And that could, you lose a day sometimes doing that stuff. And it's, you know, so you really have to be thoughtful in the way you 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 know operate on the trail i guess yeah because you're, you're you're trying to to plan for you're trying to um you know plan for the for the unexpected exactly you know and and it's really hard you always hope for the best right plan for the worst exactly. that, that's my, that's my motto so uh i imagine several days before the event um or before the the, the launch date you guys are going to be going through the rigs yeah every single last nut and bolt be checking the inventory as far as spare parts, oh, nuts, yeah. bolts, and all that stuff. Going through your list as far as food items and everything. Yeah, I imagine the preparation before day one is going to be a what a week in advance. Yeah, I mean, if not more, I mean, probably a, like come summer. Like realistically, I think from my mindset is whatever's not done summertime, like I got to dial it down. Right, yeah. and. I don't really want to drive it a whole lot that last like month or two beforehand, just because it's. I mean, obviously, you'd be worried about. You need. You, you, we need to. You know, it depends on what we do because we're still talking about possibly doing a lift on mine. By the way, to anyone listening, uh, you can totally overland uh, even very rough terrain, not rock crawling, um, with stock vehicle. I'm leveled up front on thirty ones. And it does fine, and that's what's kind of crazy. About one of the guys, now, don't get me wrong, I want to lift, but one of the guys in in, in one yeah. of my Jeep clubs, he um, has a, a Cherokee on thirty ones, yeah. um, and he's he's armored up, yeah. fairly well, and he's locked front and rear, yeah. and just with that, you know, uh, you can drag yourself over stuff yeah. that you would otherwise need clearance for if you're armored up and your vehicle's capable. You don't have to have an eight inch lift and thirty sevens to make it overland. Sure. It's yeah. just a matter of preparation yeah, and, yeah, and, sure. and having your vehicle outfitted with the gear that you need. And knowing yeah. your vehicle is a huge thing too. Huge. Uh, understanding what it's capable of and you know how I mean when I first started driving the Land Cruiser, I I mean it gets a little off camber and the thing feels like it's going to fall over. And, you know, there's actually a video, one of our first videos where, you know, I stopped and, it, and you're looking at it, you're like, yeah, you're not even that tipped. But inside, but I was inside, like, pucker. I think I'm going over, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's just kind of familiarizing yourself with your vehicle and understanding yeah. how it operates and how far you can push it. So I want to get back to, I want to get back to day one. Um, and uh, where, where is the launch going to, where, where, where are you guys launching from? Where's the... So we haven't got permission yet, but what we're planning on doing is there's an end of the Oregon Trail Museum in Oregon, in Oregon City. City, right? They're off of and the so 205. I room? talked yeah, to them at the very beginning of our thing when we were nothing, and they didn't really. 
I mean, obviously, they didn't really. Yeah, have we don't much know response. who you guys yeah. are, and we're not going to take you seriously. So, well, I mean, that, ideally, yeah. what we'd love to do is start at the end of the Oregon Trail Museum, and there's actually a, uh, another museum, um, an Oregon Trail Museum in Independence, Missouri. And so, we'd like to, and I've been talking to the um, Oregon California Trails Association too, and so we'd like to kind of, uh, you know, start at one end of it at the other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if possible, that's kind of like where I'd like to have our barbecue, kind of do a meet and greet, talk to everybody, answer questions, and do that whole thing, and then. From there, we'll probably roll out and then hit that camp spot. Um, that camp, we'll camp, you know, have whatever, have a good time with our families and friends and everything. And then um, Saturday morning, we'll roll out. And um, <clears throat> the route we have, that's, pr- I mean, a lot of guys, if you've been off road in the Hood area, out by Estacada, there's a Abbott Road. I think it's National Forestry Road 4610, I think is what it is. Okay. And um, that'll take us all the way out to where 26 um, is kind of by Frog Lake. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you take Frog Lake and then you'll go out. And then from there, we hop onto Barlow Road and um, come around Barlow Road. We pretty, pretty much do from, I can't remember what the forestry road is. It's a paved forestry road, but it's like kind of a midway point on Barlow Road. And you hop off there and then we take that all the way around to the end out by uh, Wymeck. And then from there, we kind of go up and travel around the east side of Mount Hood up into the Dalles. And then from the Dallas is when you start heading east. Yeah. So that first day, the, fir- the first day we made it to basic to Wymeck. The second day we made it to John Day River. So there's a, some awesome, awesome trail right in the that hood area right, oh, yeah. right before the Dallas. And yeah. so that's where we want to get the most people that want to, you know, travel with us. Because it's just, there's a really fun trail. There's lots of cool views. You know, there's some, you know, the, the um, Abbott Road has the slip. Those the locals call it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just this big washout. And it ends up being... You know, anybody can make it through, but it doesn't look like it kind of a thing. You know, we got a, a full-size 1500 Dodge Cummins through there and everything. So, I mean, it, it's doable by pretty much anything, but it looks pretty precarious when you're standing in it. So, that's, you know, there's some there's some pretty fun stuff. So, I think that'll be the first day. If we can make it to, you know, closer to the Dalles, I think that'd be ideal. But, you know, the more people you have, the slower it goes. So, so chances are I'm going to get with you guys again as um, as we get closer to, to that July 16th date. I'm, I'm definitely going to be there for your guys. Is um, sending away, you know, good, thing. Awesome. So, and obviously, I told you guys I want to be a part of maybe that first, that Heck first, yeah. you know, maybe a couple it. days worth of uh, journey or whatnot. Uh, so, we're going to be talking to you guys again very soon. Uh, we've already gone over an hour on this interview. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go more than <laughs> we were we talking th- on the way, saying we haven't done a podcast yet that's been under an hour. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was like, oh, you know, I could probably do this in like 15, 30 minutes. And and uh, as we started talking, I was like, no way, this thing's going to go. <laughs> yeah, we're, there's, there's a lot of information, much. and we're yeah. long winded. So. <laughs> well, that's just it. Is 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 a journey like this is not something that you can just go over. You know, everything, every aspect of it in in a short period of time. Sure. You and I, we we all could talk about this for probably three hours right. and and only scratch the surface. Really. Sure. So um, I do want to get with you guys again as we get close because I'm sure that there's going to be more vehicle work that gets done. I'm sure there's probably going to be a couple more shakedown runs, some other stuff that you guys discover along the way. And and I do want to get into more of the the nuts and bolts as far as um, what you guys are going to be taking along with you, yeah. and and what what is some of the stuff that that um, that you know if you are going to go overlanding, these are the top ten items that you need to bring. You know right. that that kind of stuff because there's there's a lot of a lot of our listeners um, are, are very interested in in the expedition and the overlanding aspect of of off roading because you can't get to the kind of picturesque historic scenic type of stuff that the United States has to offer without experiencing some degree of overlanding. Yeah, right. So that is, that is something that a lot of people are interested in. And, um, and along the way, I cannot wait 
until you guys get back and, and we get a chance to to hear all about the journey and Heck and yeah. to see some of the footage and, yeah. and the pictures and everything. I'm sure there's going to be weeks of footage and, and <laughs> so just editing and putting this video together. As excited as I am to go, that's like my nightmare right there. The, the, homework, yeah, the homework that you have when you get <laughs> I'm back. I'm to take off another month just to get all through it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be one thing that I know a lot of people are going to be looking forward to. It's almost, uh, by the sounds of it, that when everything is all said and done, this is going to be a documentary for the ages uh, because this is going to be covering something that hasn't been covered before that that uh, is just going to be absolutely amazing. I'm super excited for you guys. Yeah. I'm super stoked. I cannot wait to hear how this thing ends up uh, progressing and, and everything. And and uh, over the next you know five, six months, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff that develops between now sure. and then. So let's get the plugs out there. Let's get people going, uh, getting people uh, directed to where you know they can find out more information, where they can see progress and stuff like that. Let, let's shoot off some of those links. So um, Instagram is just Oregon Trail Off-Road um, on Instagram. Um, same thing with Facebook. Uh, we have Twitter and Pinterest, right? I don't know. I don't do it. Yeah, I do Facebook are, Those are just Oregon Trail too. OR is, is for Inst- uh, Twitter and Pinterest. We're not too active on those. And sure. Then, um, if you're here locally, like I said, that group that we just started up, look up uh, OTO PDX Overlanders. It's a really great way for anybody local here. Is to that a from. Facebook group? Yeah, or yeah it's a Facebook okay. group. Yeah. We, sta- like, we started it two weeks or no. Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. Like and there's today, pro- almost 200 people wow. on there. So, so yeah. we really realized that there was a big niche that wasn't being filled. So if you guys are looking to get into the expedition thing, if... You know, if you're a long time guy or just getting into it, there's all kinds of different experiences. Definitely it's a, great a network to... of people out there that can that can. And help if you, you have a question, I mean, there's so many people us, yeah. that like are on there that know a grip load of information. So if you have a question about your vehicle, a lot of guys are just shooting. Hey, what should you know? There's a guy yesterday. What should I sell my Land Cruiser for? I have oh, no wow. idea what, yeah. how much to sell my Land Cruiser for. So any any kind of like expedition, overland, off road kind of thing, that's a good place to get involved. Very good. Well, I know we didn't really talk much of Jeep at all, and this is a you know a Jeep <laughs> podcast stuff in your group do you guys have any jeep enthusiasts yeah we have two jeeps we have a i'm gonna screw this up a yj is troy's which is the jeep jeep grand cherokee and then tanks is Is an xj no it's not an xj XJ? he just sent it to me and i told him i was going to remember it and i forgot (laughs) it so okay tjs are the uh are the lj uh, oh lj yeah yeah yeah, that's right he has a lj and he you, you can see his on some of the videos it's the red jeep with the with the expedition trailer on the Is back. he going to be going along with you guys? For yeah, so he's kind of, uh, he's up in the air right now because he's still... Uh, Active military. Yeah, and oh, so okay. there's there's some uh, question whether he's going to be able to make it, but he's definitely the biggest consultant we have. I mean, he's got so many years of overlanding experience, it blows my mind, and I mean, pretty much anything. He was one of those guys where when we first started, he's kind of an unassuming guy. You wouldn't mm-hmm. think he's got a lot of knowledge, but it was like everything yeah. we'd ask him... You know, I'd kind of question, but then when I'd go back to it, it was like, oh, he's 100% right. So he's kind of our team consultant, if you will. I mean, he does, you know, it's for... Uh, What's know. his background? I mean, why, why why are you guys turning to him for so, so much information? So he actually reached out to us, and oh. he um, was doing the Oregon Trail by himself. So he actually had a draw to the Oregon Trail before this ever happened, and he, you know... So he, now you guys are stealing his thunder. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure he's just super stoked. <laughs> <laughs> and so he reached out to us, and he was like, hey, you know, I've already done some of this. Can you, you, you know, utilize some of my experiences? And the more we started talking to him, it was like... like heck yeah. Yeah, I mean... That is great. He's rolled more vehicles than anybody that I've ever known. And he's rolled as in tire side up, tire side up. In <laughs> fact, he sent me a picture the other day and then he was rolling with his friend in his, uh, uh, Land Rover disco. They hit. We a don't stump. even know how it rolled. The yeah. picture didn't even make sense. They were just on a normal trail 
And the truck is upside down. Uh, no, not upside down, but on its side. Right and upside, I was like, yeah. I was like, seriously? <laughs> Dude, how, did, how did you manage to pull that off? I don't off, know how yeah. you always end up being in the vehicles that flip, but yeah, he's, yeah. so, I mean, needless to say, he has, I mean, he goes out, like he's told me a story where he went out and flipped his vehicle and recovered it and drove it back home. So, I mean, he's definitely one of those guys that has enough experience. And then he's got medical background because of the, you know, military and kind of that whole thing. So. Well, yeah, that sounds like a guy that would be invaluable to have along. Yeah, and oh, he yeah. is. I mean, okay. every time we have a question, it's like, hey, Tank, what's going on here? And, you know, 99% of the time he has the right answer for it. So, Cool. Well, I imagine that after this interview uh, hits, the, hits, hits the web that um, you guys are going to have a much larger support network that starts coming up. And especially as the date gets closer, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be coming out um, saying, you know, hey, you know, I live here. Um, I can help you out with this. And in fact, I want to do a call to action right now to all of our Jeep talk show listeners and all of our fans out there. Uh, if you guys are living in the states that are along the Oregon Trail and, you know, Oregon, uh, Idaho, uh, Wyoming, Nebraska, uh, Missouri, Kansas, you know, if you guys are out there and listening to this and you want to be a part of this, you guys have something, uh, you know, maybe inside information on some uh, on some of the trail sections or uh, have uh, the ability to provide support or want to tag along through, you know, a leg of the journey, um, definitely want to hit these guys up on their Facebook account and, and make sure that they know that there are some, that there's some people out there that are interested in helping them out. Uh, and, and even if it's just, you know, Hey, just some information, you know, you might want to look out for this when you are here, you know, that sort of stuff. Any little bit of information can help these guys along the way. So if you have something and you want to, uh, you want to get the word out, by all means, head over to their Facebook account and uh, and hit them up there. It'd be probably the best way to get a hold of you guys is through Facebook. Yeah, probably through Facebook. I mean, we've got uh, www.oregontrailoffroad.com. That's our website. And, and there's, then, is there a contact? Yeah, there's you know? contact in there. Um, we're pretty much on all the expedition forums. I mean, pretty much wherever you want, we're, we're there. So, I mean, any way you can contact us. And like you said, I mean, we're, we're a glutton for information. I mean, Facebook and, and Instagram are definitely the two. Both. Yeah. I'd say we're probably more active on Instagram than we are on Facebook. Well, maybe not now since of Yeah. So any way you want to reach out to us, any information you can give would be awesome. So That's good. That's yeah. good. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this leg of this interview. Like I said, again, we'll be talking to Oregon Trail Off-Road again as the uh, as the date gets closer. And uh, and I can't wait to uh, to start looking in, uh, into seeing what sort of um, things are going to be popping up for you guys as, as the date nears. So we'll be talking uh, both to Jason and Kobe again and maybe some of the other members as well um, later on. So until now, um, thanks so much, guys. Thank uh, you for, thank you for, yeah, for doing awesome. this. And uh, and I might be bugging you guys again. We might have do you it. in yeah, the studio it. again. <laughs> so. As often as we can get on, we'll be on. Heck right yeah. on. Awesome.